Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Brought to you by MyPlates.com. Upgrade your license plate at MyPlates.com. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City here in good old Austin, Texas. Yes, it's Halloween. And yeah, the only dressing up we're doing is, once again, overalls and helmets. That's how we roll, because we are Speed City, and what we are talking about is international motorsport. And we've got plenty of it to talk about, whether it be F1, both last week and this week, MotoGP and World Superbike, all in action tonight. Jonathan Green here with Les Kaiser. Howdy. The dulcet tones of John Massengale. He's out trying for Back to the Future 5. Really? Yes. I see, it's so secretive. But evidently he got turned back at the first because he brought his own DeLorean, and so he's going back yeah. just just to try out. I have a feeling he would update a DeLorean quite nicely. We have a special guest tonight, Bobby Epstein, from the Circuit of the Americas. will be on the show in a few minutes' time. Delighted to have him on, and we want to talk about what was an amazing weekend of motor racing last weekend, but it was a pretty good amazing weekend of racing this weekend because it was back-to-back, and I've got to get straight to it, Les. Formula One, I was uh, soporific and upside down and asleep for about one hour and 20 minutes, and then boom, it arrived. Uh-huh. The Vettel and the Verstappen, but um, it wasn't, let's be honest, I mean, Mexico, great venue, great crowd. Um, the sort of run up to it uh, had so much going for it, but the race didn't live up to expectations. But there was plenty going on at the end. You know, uh, I'd say if we've mentioned anybody's name more than you know the the front runners here, it's Max Verstappen. I know, and I don't know what to make of it. Is he? <laughs> is he? Is it youth that's getting him in trouble? Is it what? I mean, he's a talented driver. No, no bones about it. But uh, I think he's overstepping his bounds a bit. And he's doing some things that, quite honestly, I think is dangerous. And uh, multiple moves under hard braking is is dangerous. Put yourself at risk and others on the course. Ironically, the man who's got done for that actual infringement is the one who's been complaining about it vociferously. Uh, we'll get to the results in a minute. But uh, just going back to that, yeah, I... I mean, I'm amazed. He is precocious. That's the only way you can describe it. Uh, I I met him a year ago when he was 16, 17 in Macau, and he was mature then. He didn't seem to have any fear of Formula One. And and now he's walked into Formula One. He's held his own. He's he's, He's knocked out one of the top contenders for Red Bull in Kvyat, stepped into his shoes. Right. Immediately won. Shown no respect for Kimi Raikkonen, <laughs> Vettel, and anybody else. But Wait a minute. Frank, I'm but, not going to agree with that. Right. I mean, uh, I'm going to say, no, he's got respect, but he's going to beat them. They're out there to race. Uh, exactly. He's like Dak Prescott with a, with a mouth. <laughs> I mean, in other words. And a steering wheel. In other words, if you're going to step up 
right? You're going to step up into the real world of the world that you want to be in. Plus, your father was a successful guy at it, too. Um, He's walking the walk and talking the talk. If he was at the back of the field, and I've seen guys come into Formula One who, you know, don't have the the car or the wherewithal, but are talking up a good game, then, yeah, shut up, sit down, wait your turn. Not this guy. He's winning races. You're right. You're right. You know, he's he's got the... He's got the moves to do what he's doing. He is definitely solid on it, but it's just that one. It's that hard-breaking move where he does the one defensive move and then a little bit more than he should out of it. That's where things get dangerous, and he's liable to hurt somebody really bad that way. Well, he has been called on it. In fact, it was called by Charlie Whiting on, uh, Whiting on Saturday night of the Austin Grand Prix, um, the U.S. Grand Prix here in uh, Austin. And, um, yeah, he, he said, you cannot you cannot move under braking. Uh, uh, he took that on board and says, okay, I guess people will pass me. Uh, and that rule is actually in, you know, is now part of the rules. And in fact, it was invoked today. You're right. Because let's go through what happened. Well, um, to start with, last week, we knew something was up here at Circuit of the Americas when the driver's meeting Saturday evening went on for so long. You know, the driver's meeting is a 20, 30 minute, everybody check, check, check. You know, hey, be careful on this course or, you know, anomalies to the course. But uh, we knew something was up, and, and we're never invited to those. <laughs> Funny that, isn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I mean, the rules and the way the rules are played out. I mean, let, let's explain what happened in the situation, because it was a bit of a roundabout. We're coming down to the closing stages of the race. Hamilton and Rosberg are in their own world. Mercedes are going to get a 1-2. Lewis is going to uh, get it down to 19 points. Expected, it happened, no problem, Rosberg doing the sensible thing. But the battle was on for third place. Uh, It was being led by Verstappen, uh, and uh, Ricardo was coming in fast, but Vettel was coming in fast all in the closing stages. So as Vettel caught Verstappen, um, it got kind of interesting, um, and Verstappen started making some rather, you know, good inroads in, made a mistake, uh, and sh- went off track in trying to um, defend himself, um, came back on track, and as protocol should be, uh, his engineer quite rightly got on the radio and said, hey, you're going to have to give that corner back. You're going to have to give the place back to Sebastian Vettel. Meanwhile, Ricardo is coming and coming fast. Uh, Verstappen duly ignores his engineer, and life goes on. And, of course, Ricardo caught up. At which point, um, no no action was taken. The race continued, and we had a three-way battle for third place between the two Red Bulls and the Ferrari, with Vettel screaming at the top of his voice, effing and blinding, quite frankly, uh, to all to all to hear, not only to his engineer and to Verstappen, but also, oh, Charlie Whiting, Calling not whiter than white. The good doctor, Charlie Whiting. Man, y- you don't do that to that guy. You don't you don't say that to the Pope. You don't say it to Charlie Whiting in F one. It's uh, you know I, I understand the uh, the venomous nature and uh, hostility that Vettel had at the moment, but uh, you know is it right for Max to stay in his place? To be quite honest, yeah. Nobody told him to back up except his own engineer, and really that order ultimately comes from the race stewards, Charlie Whiting. 
Well, that's actually where I do take up with Vettel here. Vettel has been vociferous and quite funny, to be honest, uh, since he started getting frustrated. And when I say since he got his start studying, so when CC stopped winning four world titles and ended up not winning many at all, and in fact, Ferrari's season has gone from bad to worse. They had a better season last year, but this year in particular, he has got on the radio and almost been quite funny um, f- for a lot of his complaints with other drivers right. getting in his way. Uh, and, you know, most of them are pretty, pretty good stuff. I'm going to start calling him Alonso. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I quite like it. It's a bit of the banter, and I'm glad we've also got the rule that we've got the radio back. But exactly. in this particular case... I am on his side, especially not necessarily calling Charlie what he called him, but actually calling Charlie out and saying, hey, Ch-. and by the way, I'm seeing Charlie in a couple of weeks. So I'll, 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 you better be nice. No, but, but Charlie, and by the way, I think Charlie is an unbelievable doctor, <laughs> as it were, uh, of these of these somewhat recalcitrant children at times. Um, and he's really good at, at reeling them in and also making the right decisions. And so too are the stewards. But it was Charlie's choice. And here's what I don't like and why. I do think Vettel had a point here. You you can only overtake in Formula One with DRS. If Verstappen ignores the opportunity to give back the corner to Vettel and effectively knows he's going to get penalised, which he was, he can then look up look behind him and see Ricardo, his teammate, coming, knowing that the ghost is up perhaps for his points and playing team member giving Ricardo an opportunity to get within DRS and overtake Vettel to get a Red Bull three and four and say, same as he said, to, to, to Ferrari. So in other words, team tactics could have come in, which is fair enough, but that's where Charlie's got to step in and realise that. I realised it. Everybody watching realised it because Ricardo was coming. He just needed to get in with a second and sure enough, he made a lunge, which was defended. And ironically, let's get to the podium. We got to the podium. Verstappen's there. Shake hands, shake hands. Two Mercedes drivers. Oh, sorry. Excuse got me, a, sir. You weren't invited I'm, to I'm this not, party. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not in the yacht club this time. I'm, I'm not invited to this party. So so, you know, off he went. Uh, on comes Vettel, running up to the podium. And now we've just heard about 10 minutes ago, sorry, <laughs> Sebastian, you two have not been invited to the party. And now, uh, Ric- and now Ricardo, well, we with no shoey. boot. To, yeah, yeah. Now Ricardo, with no boot to drink out of, is third at the Mexican Grand Prix. All right. Well, I got to jump back a little bit, back to Max. So if I'm Max and I'm out there driving and I'm racing and there's an argument about whether I have to give this spot up or not, and it's only amongst the team, and I'm the guy at the wheel, I'm staying up front. Yeah. I'm not going to give it up, because that all come out in the wash at the end of the race. But what if I made it wrong? Okay, I'll give it back. What if it would have come back and said... No, we were good with it. You could have kept that spot, but you gave it away. All right. Well, I'll get my race karma uh, rags on because there is such a thing. And I mean, if you go into Formula One or you go into sports car racing uh, or any form of high end world level racing, all those guys are within two tenths of each other. And if you want to play dirty right from the get go, from the day you arrive at 17 or 18, then and by the way, I can point at people like Senna, who were pretty close to the world. And Michael, I may add, Michael did had had a few few days where people said, "What are you doing? You cannot do that, Michael Schumacher." And that's all forgotten now. He's you know uh, a multiple multiple world champion. Um, but I do think that Verstappen, uh, uh, you know, needs to learn when to play the game. In other words, uh, even what he said afterwards um, about Vettel, you know, it, you know, you've gonna. <sighs> I don't know. You've got to bed yourself in. If you want to be 
in a top-level sport for the next 15 years, which is going to be, there is what comes around and goes around. Payback's a bitch, as we say. Right. <laughs> but it is. And it's one of those things. Um, we've got an interview um, with, uh, with Max Verstappen with what he had to say about the whole incident uh, after um, and about Rosberg and about Vettel. So here's, here's what Max Verstappen had to say. Even that, you know, he's just a very frustrated guy. First of all, you know, he's shouting on the radio like a child. It is just like a child. And then, um, you know, after the start finished to do things like that, like that, you know, it's even more childish. Even that, you know, he's just a very frustrated guy. So, and what he's alluding to is the fact that uh, Vettel Vettel. slowed down afterwards and gave him the Phelps finger type thing, you know, the sort of (laughs) wagging of the, hey, don't you get excited. If you remember during the Olympics, Phelps and the South African went at each other and there was a lot of finger wagging. Finger wagging. There you go. But, um, you know, and hey, listen, this is what sport is all about. And actually what Formula One needs, to be honest. You see it in Indy all the time. You see it in a lot of other sports, uh, Supercross and all the rest of it. So I'm all for a little bit of... Of, uh, handbags at dawn, but <laughs> and it is. Come on, it's all people shouting at each hey, other. As long as we don't go out behind the barn, I'm. I'm well, you know what I mean. I mean, unless they televise it, you know, I got no problem. But I am surprised that he. But it shows a maturity that he's not afraid of anybody. That's a four world, four time world champion. He's he's having a go at there, um, rightly or wrongly. Um, okay, sure, but Nico, Nico, uh, uh, let's just play Nico's. That that's the one that. I want to share it with you. But, yeah, Nico Rosberg kind of had his own take on it. Nico Rosberg, yeah, talking after the Grand Prix then. It was a, it was a tough battle to start off with, you know, and, and he definitely uh, yeah, exaggerated because he missed the apex and, and really ran me uh, ran me off the road, you know. So um, when I had to cut the grass, I was happy to stay in front and happy that my car stayed in one piece because uh, it was um, it was pretty hard impact, you know. Um, yeah, and then Lewis was just quicker this weekend, so I have to accept that uh, second place was the best I could do this weekend. So, you know, hey, that's not bad. But, uh, you know, the other thing, though, is uh, you you might think you know what Vettel would say, but I think you're going to be surprised by this. Can I, before you before yeah. you go to Vettel, I just want to say something, how interested I am about the psychology of Rosberg, both here in Austin and in Mexico. He is odds on. He's 19 points. He's going to win the title, barring, you know, barring a Malaysia, i.e. what happened to Lewis, to him, right? Um, but what he's being careful and clever about is he's not rubbing any salt in Lewis's wounds because he knows that the beast that is Lewis Hamilton and the multiple world champion that he is. So every time he gets beaten to qualifying by Lewis, as he was in Austin and as he was here, he goes, I wasn't as good as you know, I wasn't as good as Lewis this time. He doesn't try to make an excuse, which yeah. he has been. He has been petulant in the past. Yeah, he's really come up. And yeah, he's matured. He's learnt to say, Yeah, you were better than me today. But it's not bothering me, and I'll see you tomorrow. And and Lewis can, can't reply. You know, if you're going to be a gunslinger, say, ah, you miss me. But I'll be back tomorrow, and I'll be fully loaded. Yeah. So we'll, we'll shoot again. <laughs> so uh, we're going to jump to Sebastian Vettel, because Vettel, you know, came up with a response that, quite honestly, caught me a little bit off guard. I think he's a great kid. You know, he's fast. He's pushing. Uh, he's redefining the limits, um, not in a negative way, but in terms of pushing, you know, uh, playing with the car, etc. He's doing a lot of stuff. He's a skilled kid. You know, I like him in general. I think some of the moves on track he needs to learn. He needs to calm down because sometimes I think he's ultimately hurting himself more than he's actually helping himself. 
And there you go. I did not expect that after I heard Vettel's outburst from behind the wheel. So, you know, reined it in, thought about it, and uh, I, I think that was well put for him. Yeah, and after all of that, we've had a good discussion about it. But the bottom line is the Mercedes uh, get the one-two, as they did in qualifying, and they're marching on to another world title, which looks likely ever to be Rosberg's. Well, they they played a little 52-card pickup, if you uh, haven't been paying attention to the media after the race. So that's Lewis took it, and he's still there. Nico was second. Sebastian Vettel did wind up third. And Daniel Ricciardo wound up fourth. So the, With no Ma- shoe. And, yeah, didn't get to show off the shoes. And uh, Max was fifth. Well, we're going to talk some more Formula One later in the show because there's so much uh, musical chairs. But we're going to take a short break because I know on the line I am very delighted to welcome to the show the chairman of the Circuit of the Americas, Bobby Epstein, coming up right after this break. The 57 Chevy, a Rembrandt painting, the little black dress. When you're a classic, you never go out of style. And now, MyPlates.com proudly announces the return of the classic black Texas license plate for the first time since 1968, featuring a cooler, timeless look and a bolder style. Visit MyPlates.com today to order this legendary classic black Texas license plate for your car or truck. Classic black is back at MyPlates.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dan Easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at MotoAustin.com. Not everyone enjoys the specialty car selling process. You've got a classic car or a sports car you want to sell, but you don't know where to start, or maybe you don't want to deal with the hassle of test drives. Then let Mosin Motor Cars take care of the make-ready process for selling your car. The experts at Mosin Motor Cars take the pain away. Leave it to their high-quality expertise to prepare your car for sale, put it on display, meet the buyers, and handle all the paperwork. And that's just one more way to drive yourself happy at MosinMotorCars.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. This is David Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City. <laughs> David Hobbs in action today. Hey, but he sure enjoyed Austin. Pl- yeah, plenty of schmozzle, plenty of clag. He's a great guy, good guy, good boy for Formula One, and obviously lived here most of his life now, and a very successful driver, both in Formula One and in sports cars. Welcome back to Speed City, Austin, Texas, what we call Speed City, and the reason for that is because little old Elroy built a circuit that is now five years young and knocking it out the park. I'm welcoming to the show. The chairman 
of the Circuit of the Americas, Bobby Epstein. Bobby, welcome to the show. Welcome to Speed City. Um, congratulations, first of all. 270,000 people, roughly speaking, headed over to you. Thanks, Jonathan. Yep. We had a best weekend ever. It was fantastic. The the new faces and the old faces coming together, I think, uh, made for a, uh, just a, a great overall great overall weekend. Great one for us. It's been a good year. All the races have been up in attendance, but uh, F1 topped it all. And for those of us who were all there last year with you, and I, I want to give a shout-out to your staff and your team, because I remember you sending me some photos literally the week after uh, the Formula One event, which we were all part of and all witnessed the weather then in 2015. But a week after that, your staff were literally tasked with what months worth of what was a thousand-year storm, literally, a once-in-a-thousand-year kind of rain. Yeah. I think what a lot of people don't know is we actually had a tornado five days after the race. So, so just when you thought it, it couldn't get any uh, any worse, it, it got pretty bad. So, yeah, our our team really, really pulled together. I'm so proud of the whole group and um, everyone who stuck through it. I, I had a wonderful celebration Sunday night. Afterwards, and it was well deserved just to to be in such a such a 180 from where we were a year ago. Uh, it it's re- really was a great effort. You know, Bobby, I ran into you on the way over to uh, the Usher concert, and you had the biggest smile I think I've ever seen you have in the past <laughs> five or six years. And congrats on that. That's a whole other facet that really changed. And, and I'll, I'll raise my hand. I question your team's idea of bringing you know, Taylor Swift to the show. You did? That was a stroke of genius. I, 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 I'll say it right here. That was a stroke of genius because I had the opportunity to meet so many families that brought their younger kids because Taylor Swift was there and they got a sample of racing on Saturday and quite a few of them were going, yeah, we're, we're going to come back tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for, uh, thanks for admitting, uh, you weren't the only one who questioned it early on. We all questioned it, but it did what we hoped it would do, which was the idea is, you know, how do we how do we create a great family and friend experience and make it make it something that everyone can enjoy? Whether the on track activity is competitive and exciting or not, we have to do something to reward um, the people that come out and give them a reason to come back, and also at the same time attract attract new people to the sport. And it, you just can't put it on TV and say, "Here, watch it," and you can't just expect people to suddenly pick it up because it doesn't come to our city that often. So. You know, if you have to do a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a carrot to get some some new new folks out there, it it's what we did, and I'm really glad it worked. It it was a, a gamble, I guess, worth uh, trying. Well, I'm researching crow recipes now, so <laughs> don't worry about it. Absolutely great, and what a great model for this as well. Uh, I could see uh, continuing a model like this to draw in uh, them youth. <laughs> as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, we've all talked about it. You know, we've got to grow Formula One in this country, and you're up against the NFL, you're up against NBA, you're up against some major, major sport players. And as you say, America, you know, needs to be kind of wooed into this a little bit. It needs to learn what this is all about. And I think offering, I mean, in Europe, it's okay to throw out Spa and throw out, you know, a race. People get it. They've been going to it for 60, 70 years. Um, whereas, although 
although we've got a big history of Formula One in this country, you know, it's nowhere near uh, as big as any of the other sports I've just mentioned. And I, I and like you say, when you invite the biggest uh, recording artist in the world, in Taylor Swift currently, um, it just changed the game. And I do think uh, that you, you're going down the right. I went out to the uh, uh, to the Grand Plaza at one point, did a little piece for for the big screens, uh, and it did feel the, exactly what I hope you were creating, which is, which is an atmosphere of festival. It was more than a motor race. The motor race was going on, but there were kids of different ages. There were people there for different reasons. And I think modern sport, uh, Bobby, and I, and I think this is where you and your team are going. You have to have that element. It can't be, as you just said, one race and that's it. Well, I, I think we all looked at it and said, you know, the, the product on the track is great. And I think we've created a circuit that's that's amongst the best in the world. The drivers love it. The city's fantastic. The drivers like being here. They stay extra days in Austin, and, and they don't have to, and they come in early. Um, they do it because they like it, because the people here are wonderful. But um, you, you've got to find a way to build it, and I think the best way to build it is to make it an experience that the whole family wants to come to. And and so there was a lot more entertainment. There are a lot more sideshows, as some people would, would call it. But really, it's it's about coming out, spending the whole day, spend six hours, eight hours, ten hours, and uh, everyone go away with something that they enjoyed, and so and that's that's what we were able to do, I think, this year. And we learned a little bit from it. It's going to be hard to bring back uh, if we could just bring back Taylor every year. I'm sure that'd be good. <laughs> that, that might be yeah. tough, Bobby. You said one thing there that was awesome: sideshows, not only at the track. And as you said, some of the folks were sticking around the area or got here early. I know, uh, you know, I talked to a couple of drivers that got here as early as Tuesday to play around in Austin, acclimate themselves as they often do. But they had fun doing things, you know, roping cows down in Zilker Park. You know, it it was really neat. I kind of took a little informal poll of some of the guys, you know, before they left and headed to Mexico. They did everything from... Well, they couldn't ride the horses. A few of them said I wanted to ride a horse, and they didn't get to because of their contracts. But uh, they said they'd come back off season; and they'll find a horse. They went out for barbecue. They went out and learned to two-step. They went to the Continental Club on South Congress and saw a band they never heard of, but they loved it. That sounds like most weeks for me. Yeah, and so you know, the thing I took away from that really was, and one of them actually said, "We we got local." Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's total different, you know, because I know I've I've seen you, Bobby, and family and everybody out at the big parties. But they they kind of changed route, I feel like, this year that the get local was was actually a great little comment from him. It's it's been the drivers just to see the transition from curiosity the first years about what is Austin. And frankly, most of them would say, what is Austin? Never heard of Austin, Texas. Yeah. And for, to have them now come back and say, this is what I'm looking forward to. When you see them away from Austin and they talk about what they're looking forward to. And then when they're here and they're actually talking amongst each other as to trying to agree on which place they're going to go that night because they, they feel they, a familiarity with so many places that they, they really enjoy. So, um, yeah. The drivers like it. The fans like it. And, you know, one thing we saw this year versus prior years is in the past, when you look at transaction, you see the average ticket, number of tickets purchased per transaction is, let's say it's just under two tickets, and this year it was near three. It told us that the families are coming out. Mm. And those families, a lot of them are from Austin. And so the, the city is really starting to understand the event, the sport, 
and, and the whole weekend. And so I think it's I think it's a recipe that, that we'll grow with. And I and I also noticed, and you'll be uh, very much aware of this, and it was something that was talked about in the media center, which is you know when you wander around Austin or have wandered around Austin in the last five years, everybody talks about the F1 track or F1s coming, and it's not good enough. It's not a brand that's good enough. The U.S. Grand Prix suddenly took on um, a relevance this year, I think, uh, year five, and people were talking about it in the news uh, when I was listening to the news as well locally. Everybody was talking about the U.S. Grand Prix. The weather for the U.S. Grand Prix is going to be great. So I think that changes sort of everybody's realization that this is putting them on the center of the map, not only in the USA, but, uh, you know, for for one day around the world. And I think that is another significant step forward for this year's event. You're right. I think you're right. I think we can only build from here and it's the right direction. So. One thing that was sort of uh, when it first got muted was Mexico, obviously, uh, back-to-back with Austin. And I think a lot of people thought, oh, is that going to work? Because we had so many Mexican fans coming here, and obviously with two very good Mexican drivers. They've just had back-to-back today, uh, and obviously it's very popular down there. Do you look at next year's calendar actually looking at two weeks apart being better because of all the things we just said, because people might stay a little bit longer, uh, actually see some space between the two and give themselves, you know, right, if I'm going to go to two major events next year, those are the two, because that they're close to each other and they are two weeks apart. Well, there's advantages to both. One week apart, you can create the ultimate fantasy F1 a week for a big fan and do the Tex-Mex two-step and go to each race. <laughs> There's no question that the first years of Mexican Grand Prix uh, had an impact on us. It took fans that had been coming here and they went to Mexico. And I think that what's happening over time is they're both both events, both Grand Prix are building their own identity and their own following. So uh, I, I don't know that one week to two weeks is a big difference. If you were to really want to have an impact, you'd spread it out. You'd pair... Uh, Mexico with Montreal, and you put Austin with Brazil, and you'd have uh, visits to the continent twice, and you'd spread them out. But two weeks, I don't think, makes a big difference. Actually, seems a little bit harder on the teams and the cargo and the crews. But it is a it's a heck of a show to have to move in one week uh, between borders anyway. So I think it helps. I think it helps F one logistically. I don't know that it. I don't know that it helps or hurts the event, but I think they're both going to grow together. Yeah. Well, listen, Bobby, we've got to take a short break. Are you able to stay on the other side of the break for a couple of minutes? You're, if you let me. All right. Yes, we'd love you to. I'd <laughs> like right. to talk about the future and about what your hopes are for next year as well and, uh, and beyond, as it were. Happy to. All right. We'll take a short break right here on Speed City. You're listening to Talk 1370 and Speed City. We'll be right back. I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. 
founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Want to drive your car at speed on Circuit of the Americas? Edge Addicts is your source for more Coda events and more Coda track time. Whether you're looking to host your own event or just be a part of the action, Edge Addicts can get you in the driver's seat and racing like a pro. All levels of drivers and all types of cars are welcome, with instructors available for first-time and novice drivers. Life is short, and adventure is around every corner. So plan your high-adrenaline experience with Edge Addicts at edgeaddicts.com. Edge Addicts, it's better when you're driving. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Make one difference in your life to protect the environment. It all starts with just one thing. Autumn is here, and that means piles of leaves in the yard. This year, make the choice to rake leaves by hand. It's cheaper than using a leaf blower, and you'll get some exercise in the process. If you must use a power tool, try an electric tool rather than gas-powered. Visit OneThingUS.com for more tips. That's OneThingUS.com with the number one. What's your one thing? the right choice. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com and you're listening to Speed City. Thank you, Jay. Yes, you are listening to Speed City right here in Austin, Texas. Jonathan Green and Laz Kaiser. And on the line, we've got the chairman of the Circuit of the Americas, Bobby Epstein, who has weathered the storm quite literally over the last few years to get his vision for the Circuit of the Americas and to have MotoGP. Formula One and some other great events. And by the way, if you are looking ahead, we've got we're going to talk two wheels uh, later in the show. But MotoGP coming up next year, April twenty third. Get your tickets. Uh, we've also got uh, historic racing still to come from. Uh, HSVRA coming up uh, in a week's time. Uh, that's so right. Yeah, that's that. a fun one. You know, you, you got a taste of it uh, with the historic group running last week here. And uh, this is everything sports cars. It's not just the retired Formula One and that group. So I invite you to come in, see history at speed, and have fun with it. Well, we've got Bobby on the line, and I don't want to keep you too long, Bobby, but I do want to talk about the future. As you well know, Formula One is a tough game, and it's uh, a moving target, too, to get it right. Uh, there were stories about Malaysia. Asia's numbers going down and they may want to drop their race uh, because of that where they when in fact they were packed in MotoGP uh, so getting that balance is right um, provisional still for Canada in fact uh, evidently the Canadian promoter as well as the Donington CEO was all seen in Austin so everybody keeps an eye on everybody but what's your vision what's your future now we've got over the five year hump if you will well, I think the vision here is just to build on the successes that we're having and and learn from the past experience and and just uh, keep at it. I think it'll be here a very long time. I mean, the track's great. The city's great. The fans have, have really supported us through uh, through some, some uh, ups and downs, but certainly through the ups 
And I just, I see it here for a very, very long time. I think it's firmly planted. I mean, one thing you can't buy is history. And when you talked about some of the great circuits around the world and Spa, and, uh, even when you think about Le Mans and, the, and their 24-hour event that draws 200,000 people, when they go to a new venue, it's very hard to draw because you just can't buy history. And I think we're starting to build some history here and building some tradition. So I think we've got a great future. It was, it was good to see that the Liberty Media guys all came this uh, Grand Prix for a couple of them. It was the first one I think they've attended, and they got to see a, a great show. And if they wind up owning Formula One, I think we'll have some good good friends there and, and some good support to see the, the sport itself grow in the U.S. Excellent. You know, we saw Chase Carey walking through the paddock, and I got, had an opportunity just to shake hands with him briefly. Bobby, where, where do you see things as far as adding another U.S. event? We've seen Port Imperial come up and fold we've you know heard rumors of a west coast you know there's been rumors of las vegas do you think liberty is really going to play into that and help us get that second event in the u.s for f1 you know i think they've got to get their hands around the business first and then and then look at the smart ways to grow and there's there's a great will for more races in the u.s it's it just takes a it's just an expensive proposition. So I'm sure if someone comes up with the funding to do it, and it's not easy, it's not cheap, but I think there'd be more races in the U.S. Fantastic. Well, I know you know that side of the poker game. So, uh. <laughs> Well, listen, thank you, Bobby Epstein. I know you've got to go and find another big hit uh, to, to, to fill uh, Taylor's shoes for next year. So you're going to be busy around the clock, you and your team. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing us with us some thoughts for the future. Yeah, very interesting about Liberty. Congrats again, Bobby and team. We've got to say the entire team. I've got to know a lot of your folks out there and a uh, solid pack you've put together there. Thank you guys for giving me the chance to come on because really your audience and the folks that are listening that are just great supporters of the circuit and and of the events we have here can't thank everyone enough for coming out and for supporting us and just hope everyone enjoys things to come. We got a great event this weekend with the historic, uh, with the vintage races, as you mentioned, and uh, a whole season next year of, of, of good events. So hope to see everyone out here. Thank you, guys. All right. Rest rest up. It's going to be a long year, I know. I'm going to do the same. (laughs) Thanks, Bobby Epstein, for coming on the show here on Speed Speed City. I'll tell you what, delightful to hear from the man and not afraid to come um, uh, and uh, effectively answer. It's not tough questions, but some questions about the future. Uh, And I do agree. Uh, I I use the word we got over the five-year hump. I feel that way. I feel that that this was a turning point. And all the things that came up in that conversation. There's been challenges within in the control of the CODA team, there's been challenges with that when you talk about the weather. There's been government challenges, all of those things. And uh, any one of those things can just completely topple a venue like this, whether it's a racetrack or golf course or any major event. Any one of those could have destroyed the future of this. Liberty in the pursuit of speed. I can see the T-shirt now. Oh, ooh. Somebody <laughs> patent that. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I really do think, I mean, Taylor Swift was absolutely, you're right, top draw. Uh, and, and and who knows how much it cost. Uh, and it doesn't matter because it did change. It was a game changer. Um, it really was. You know, I mean, I'd, it took the family. We went out there, had a great time. But uh, it was just so neat to see 
very definitely a younger audience there. You know, and I mentioned just as uh, that, that story about Malaysia, and I was watching Malaysia today in MotoGP. The crowds were massive uh, for motorcycles. Uh, they love motorcycles. But then again, when you go to KL, when you go to Southeast Asia, everybody rides a moped. Everybody rides a motorcycle. So Valentino Rossi is huge over there, and there was a whole stand full of his fans, whereas Formula One, which has been going there since 99, never really captured the imagination. There's some major players like Patronus and obviously connected to the Mercedes team. And there is a lot of following for Formula One, but I can understand that the, that it's not as backed, if you will. And that's what I love about what the Circuit of the Americas has. It, it has equal in number, I would say, Formula One and two-wheel fans, four and two-wheel fans, as well as sports car fans. So there's an equal array of different fans coming from different walks of life. And also, I think, some of my bike friends went to Formula One and said, you know, yeah, I'd like to see more overtaking, but bike fans are like that. But they got the spectacle. They got to see Lindsey Vaughn. They got to see Venus Williams. You know, they see the celebrity side of it and they see the, you know, uh, effectively the, the, the uh, festival side of it, which was what I was alluding to. Right. I'd, I had the opportunity to speak to Robbie Nash and he just loves technology. And Robbie Nash is one of the Red Bull athletes, the world champion, you know, windsurfer and kite surfing guy. But he's like, this is just totally different. I love it. It's the uh, second time he's been here for it. But, uh, you know, you're right. A lot of things are different with this. And so uh, I just love that we're it's branching out and other people that hadn't paid attention to it before are now getting hooked into it. And, uh, I, you know, watching Mexico today, uh, I mean, OK, as you say, there was some wrangles over the past and, and no one's going to deny that. You know, Tavo was here to start with and now he's in Mexico. But now both events are settled. Both are successful. I think that we can really build on that fact, as he says, you know, almost a Tex-Mex two-step. Um, there's There's got to be some really good the, the Mexican money and the Mexican drivers are going to be more and more and more. When you look at the smaller ranks coming up, there are a lot of Mexican uh, uh, drivers coming through. And obviously, there's a lot of money uh, coming from Mexico uh, involved in Formula One, too, which is great. So, um, And I, I think that was a great idea. Well, I, I actually said it once before, is let's put either the U.S. or the Mexico City stop in with Canada and the other one with Brazil. Mm. I think that's great. For one, I know a lot of folks here that can't take two three-day weekends so close to go attend a race and so they'd give them a chance to spread it out and they get one in the spring one in the fall i think that would be an excellent idea since they are coming to this continent already well i i always say i compare austin to australia uh melbourne and i've, I've been um part of that uh, event since it started that was the first time when i went to melbourne and i see they are twin cities i see uh or adelaide's twin, adelaide's cities, ours, twin yeah. cities with austin but i see melbourne actually is a much more similar city more so than adelaide uh to austin um it's a cultural center it's got a coast it's uh you know it's it's and what i mean by that is it's got a young group of people we don't have the coast but there's plenty of people uh coming here We've to got enjoy a surf the sunshine park now. So, yeah we have a surf park now but what, I, what I'm getting at is Melbourne is a young, vibrant city. And, and, and in fact, they have the advantage of having the Grand Prix in the city at Albert Park, which met with, by the way, a lot of controversy when it first started. Bottom line is what I'm saying is Australia has that a unique position of opening 
the season. Everybody had excited. It's Australia. It's the furthest you can go. But a lot of people like to go to that event because they want to also see Australia. I would like to see um, the Circuit of the Americas and Austin become what Adelaide was, which was the, the bookend, the last event of the season. A real party, a real celebration of a long year. I don't think that Abu Dhabi ever will be just that. Um, not that it's not a great event, not that it's not a great circuit, and not that it's not a great place to go. I just think, as uh, as Bobby was just saying, um, you know, the drivers like it, they want to stay, they want to taste the food, the fans like it, it's a good place to be, and having a season that finishes with either Austin and Mexico, or vice versa, or even swapping it from year to year, it would be a great way for the future of Formula One, uh, on this continent anyway, which I do think, uh, with Liberty, will grow, um, as uh, was just alluded to there, um, there's a, the, the future is bright. It really is exciting. Um, and, and I think also other major national and international artists from U2 to whoever else will be looking at what happened that Saturday night and going, yeah, we can do that. Um, and, and I'm talking of the size of U2 because why not? Um, Coldplay, U2, U, some of these big bands. But I also like that uh, appealing to the Bruno Mars, the more the younger groups that would come here and actually like uh, we saw with Taylor actually bring a different audience that perhaps don't know motorsport but would be willing to get the three-day ticket experience it and do the family thing absolutely you know uh, I'll say that at the uh, Taylor Swift concert while we were waiting between breaks I met a family from Columbia and it had previously just been a guy's trip that they came up and went to the race and had a good time but uh, this time, they brought uh, the moms and the daughters and the sons and did make it a family event. So, you know, I'm sure there's many more stories like that. But to have that draw because of Taylor Swift, Usher brought in a lot of folks that stayed out. You know, I, I think one of the things, uh, though I certainly enjoyed Elton John and have seen him a few times before, it's kind of a British product. And I don't think anybody traveling here was really all that... Into it, except those of us that are from here. Well, and also it was just pandering slightly to the plus 40 crowd, which is a heavy Formula One crowd. But that just changes the dimension um, because, you know, Elton John. Yeah, I mean, his he was making hits in the 70s, which is great. And there's a lot of F1 fans um, who would be into that. But it's not, you know, it's not going to change your demographic. Well, I'm going to take that as a compliment, and thank you for calling me only over 40. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, it is great stuff. You know, again, I got to find a good recipe for crow because I really questioned the idea of Taylor Swift and if they were going to get the draw, if teenagers and parents were going to pay that ticket price to have somebody come to. Quite honestly, it is an expensive event, Mm. but it's solidly worth it, I believe. 80,000 came. Pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I never. I went to Singapore and Beyonce played there, and then I started. To, this is only a few years ago that, to be honest, Formula One even opened themselves up to doing these sorts of concerts, and they've been so successful uh, around the world and in other venues that uh, it really does make a difference and makes the festival atmosphere. The people, the the, the town needs to be buzzing. It doesn't matter what for, uh, and it doesn't matter if you're buzzing about Lindsey Vaughn or or, or, or or Lewis Hamilton. And and again, Lewis Hamilton is doing single handedly a brilliant job of of, of his own ambassador ship for the USA going on the shows that he did and saying what he says we'll take a short break plenty more to talk on because we're going to turn to two wheels two stepping two stepping two wheels right here in Texas yawners after the break yeah 
license plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the trip, and a new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Not everyone enjoys the specialty car selling process. If you've got a classic car or a sports car you want to sell, but you don't know where to start, or maybe you don't want to deal with the hassle of test drives, then let Mosin Motor Cars take care of the make-ready process for selling your car. The experts at Mosin Motor Cars take the pain away. Leave it to their high-quality expertise to prepare your car for sale, put it on display, meet the buyers, and handle all the paperwork. And that's just one more way to drive yourself happy at MosinMotorCars.com. Racetrack. It's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey. Because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. On air, online, and on your smart device. Talk 1370 is the right choice. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. Thank you, Mario. That's right. This is Speed City on Talk 1370. Jonathan Green and Les Kaiser bringing you everything from the world of two and four wheels. We've been talking four wheels. We've been talking Mexico. We've been talking the Circuit of the Americas, and we're very thankful to have the chairman of the Circuit of the Americas, Bobby Epstein, on the show earlier. But we now turn our attention to an event that's coming to the Circuit of the Americas, April 23rd, next year, 2017. That, of course, MotoGP and World Superbike. Well, not World Superbike. Bike, but we're going to talk about World Superbike uh, because uh, it too finished off a great year. And, and before we start, Les, I want to give a shout out to the Texas Tornado Boot Camp, who are sadly, and I know you're, I can see a tear in your eye too, uh, have their Halloween party tonight where they dress up and do the boot camp at the same time. Oh, I've time. already seen pictures. Yeah. Uh, go check out Facebook for the Texas Tornado <laughs> boot camp it's colin edwards place you've heard us we've been there we've uh, been beat up by it you, oh yeah you knocked valley off a bike I knocked there Valentine off a bike prepared um, him for the next race in but fact. best of luck to mike myers uh, and the rest of the crew colin edwards ed al and uh hope you have a great weekend sorry we couldn't make it but i just want to say and i don't know if she's there but she knows if she's listening because she likes me to say this johnny ray wins the world title for the second time in a row at qatar by by taking victory in race one, as he did in Qatar. 
So if you don't know what that's about, now there's a fan at Texas Tornado Boot Camp just giggling, She's giggling silly. Uh, yeah, she'll be giggling until the cows come home. I'll have to do another voice message for her. No, congratulations go. to Brit Johnny Ray, who took a bit of history today and won uh, the world title two times in a row. And uh, Nice he, guy. And a great guy, too. And he's following in the footsteps of Carl Fogarty. And what I like about this story is that Johnny Ray and those who know their motorcycle racing will know that he is good enough to go into MotoGP. Um, he had a couple of breaks, but they weren't proper ones in MotoGP uh, with Honda, um, and it just didn't work out. He's now with Kawasaki. He's just taken them to a world title, back-to-back world titles, but more importantly, as he said in the interview afterwards, it was on a brand new um, Kawasaki for this year and I think uh, as they look ahead to next year he is looking to try and see if he can now go ahead of Colin Edwards Troy Corsa uh, Bayless you name it and, and even catch up with Carl Fogarty because Carl Fogarty didn't do three in a row none of those other guys did too so congratulations to him but the other story I want to talk about is Ducati winning in MotoGP yeah Woo-hoo. That's right. That's right, boys. Winner number nine for the year. Dovey. I know. That's amazing. How many? I mean, this is not this has not happened, I think they said, since like 2000-ish. And so to have nine different winners throughout the season, I, I think I'm next. Well, I'll give you another footnote that no one, none of the other commentators, rubbish, picked up on. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> no bitterness there. But hey, Ducati won. At MotoGP level and at World Superbike level, Chaz Davis hasn't lost since the summer. Blitzed it again in Qatar. Uh, Johnny was just making up the numbers to win the world title. It was Chaz Davis who was doing the winning, sponsored by Dell, but I may add, a local Austin company. Oh, that place. Oh, that place. But um, hey, Chaz Davis... Uh, wins in Qatar, and Dovey wins in Malaysia. Now, that has not happened too often. So to have Ducati at the top of production racing and at um, the top of MotoGP is pretty much a piece of history and something I will take my hat off to Jibati and to uh, Davide Tardozzi and to everybody involved in Ducati because it's been very close to my heart over the years. Um, so, yeah, what a big day for Ducati worldwide. The you know, Ducatisti. There you go. You know, one of the things is uh, Andrea Dovizio so doesn't get a lot of publicity, but he is... Well, somewhat, no one can say his name. Yeah. It took me a while. Yeah. Dovi. That's but uh, Dovey's typically what he goes by, but he is one of the nicest guys. And it, when y'all come to Austin for the uh, MotoGP this year, I want y'all to get here early. Come join me up at Ducati Austin because we always do kind of a kickoff. That's the kickoff for MotoGP yeah. weekend. And uh, the Ducati team comes and you can meet Paolo Chapati. It's actually the perfect night. You get like barbecue, anything you can eat and drink. You buy all your gear for the weekend, and all the stuff. Kath will be there to help you out. You know what's cool? You get to meet the stars, and Les is there. Oh, well, that's a detractor, but <laughs> what's really cool... Do you still drive people, a tractor? What's really cool are there are people that will buy their bikes there and take delivery that night so they can participate in the Red Snake, the Ducati ride to the track, park in the Ducati parking area, have the fans, all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, line up early, seriously. And it, I'm going to so do cool that one these, day. I haven't done it yet, but uh, somehow I'm always having to work for you. But anyway, it is, uh, it is so cool 
And, you know, what a special memory. I saw, you know, both Andreas last year signing a guy that was getting his new motorcycle delivered right then. How cool is that? Very cool. But um, it's a great story. I mean, in World Superbikes, Ducati over the last 25 years have been the dominant factory. But over the last few years, they've been kind of, it's been fallow until this year with Chaz Davis. And he has just, I think, 10 wins this year. He's actually won more than the man who won the world title in Johnny Ray. So that's how effective he's been. Uh, it just came a little too late for him to, to take the title. So congratulations to the production team, but also congratulations to MotoGP um, for them to get to the very top because even though the conditions were wet today, they did dominate and they were pushed all the way by Jorge Lorenzo. People were falling off left, right and center, including Ian Ernie and including um, Marquez. Marquez. So it, if the world it, champion can fall off, Anybody can fall off. You know, yeah, it is. Hey, you know, what a uh, what a great show. That's cool. We haven't had Mr. Epstein on in quite a while. It's, it's hey, To cool. be honest, uh, you know. I, I had a whole list of questions. <laughs> yeah, that, you know. We all do. And and I think uh, good for him to, 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 to come on because, uh, you know, I, I, it's worth celebrating. It was an amazing event and it was a turning point, I do believe, for everybody there and everybody in this town who's been part of it, uh, ourselves included. You bet. What event do you want to come that's not on at Circuit of Americas? Right now? I'm looking forward to a 24-hour race coming next year in November that not many people know about, the Hancock 24-hour race. That's right. Uh, And that will be a genuine 24-hour sports car race. I want to see... A pro-am vintage motorcycle race, like a GP. I'm with you of, there, brother. Of '80s or '90s, and you know, Schwantz says he retired, but his ears are still big enough to twist and drag him back out there. I still want your soapbox derby as well. Soapbox derby races out there. Let's do that. <laughs> well, listen, John Massengale, wish him luck. Let's hope he does get the job uh, in the movie. Uh, for Back to the Future, that's where he is. He's auditioning for that tonight. I want to um, go back in like to racing venues with him. <laughs> this has been Speed City, Les Kaiser and Jonathan Green, and we will be back next week. Join us on Twitter and social media. And join us again on Talk 1370 this time next Sunday. Bye, y'all. Ciao, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.